0: Welcome to another edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast, presented by Papa John's. Yes, all it took was two episodes of this podcast being broadcast on NFL.com and iTunes all around the planet for us to reel in a big-time sponsor to help give out pizzas to all folks who appear on this podcast. That's how giving the folks of Papa John's and their fresh ingredients are to this here podcast and uh, it's a big-time podcast today, and uh allow myself to promote myself. We have got a great lineup. Drew Brees, the most valuable player from last year's Super Bowl, and the king of New Orleans, will be joining us here on the podcast today. Coming off a loss, coming off of a loss. So you always got to give props to players who stay true to their word that they're going to show up after they get an L hung on them, as the Atlanta Falcons did. Uh, In most heart-wrenching fashion for the Saints with a a bunny of a field goal from the guy, Garrett Hartley, who kicked him into the Super Bowl last year. Missing in overtime, allowing the Falcons to come back on the field against a defense that probably thought its day was over. And win that game in the Superdome and take a half-game lead in the NFC South. We'll talk with Drew Brees about that game, about rebounding from that game. I uh, also will, of course, talk about the Super Bowl win and the city of New Orleans with a man who's been so giving of his time and has woven himself into the fabric of that bayou city. We'll have Drew Brees here on this podcast. My other guest today is a guy who rarely does any, anything of this sort. It might just be his very first podcast interview ever, none other than Larry David, the creator of Seinfeld, the creator of of Curb Your Enthusiasm, the funniest shows perhaps of all time. Certainly, Curb uh, is one of my favorite shows. I know a lot of fans out there feel the same way. I'm going to ask L.D. about uh, Seinfeld, Curb, his beloved Jets, and also set up a couple of, uh, I guess, social situations for him to be the arbiter of. As we all know, uh, Larry has some ideas on what's right and what's wrong in our society. And uh, I'm going to give him some hypothetical situations that may have happened to you and have uh, LD play judge and jury for that. That'll be a lot of fun here on the podcast. it will also hit some hot topics with The Worm. Jason Worms, our senior producer here at NFL Network. He'll be joined by Drew Olmeyer, senior bureau producer here at NFL Network, who helps uh, book this podcast as well. They'll be banging around some hot topics that has to, for the moment, uh, right off the bat, include who's 3-0 and and who is 0-3 in the National Football League. Only three teams at 3-0, and and all of them are surprising. I don't think anybody thought... That the Pittsburgh Steelers would be 3-0 without Ben Roethlisberger. A lot of folks thought it would be Byron Leftwich or Dennis Dixon. Now it's Charlie Batch, who's getting things done for them. They are 3-0 atop the AFC North. The other 3-0 team in the AFC is not Indianapolis. It's not New uh, New England. It is not the Jets. It's not the Chargers. It's Kansas City. The Kansas City Chiefs are 3-0, and they're in fact they're the only team in the AFC West above 500. Go figure that we'll talk about that with uh, in our hot topics segment in the the middle of the program. And the other 3 and 0 team is the only 3 and 0 team in the NFC and that's the Chicago Bears. And and you know what? They deserve it. I know Lion fans are upset at that talk that they thought they had them dead to rights in week 1 and that the rule book bailed the Bears out, and that the Lions should have won that game. And you may be right, but rules are rules, and that's what happened. You are what you are, and the Bears are the toughest, most stout run defense in the league. They've got Jay Cutler, who at times, as we all know, can look shaky, and he did on Monday night, but he got it done when he needed to get it done, and that Bears defense created issues for Green Bay. It created many of the flags that Green Bay had thrown on them. Julius Peppers had the best defensive performance of any player already in week number three, and he may just be the best off-season acquisition. Anquan Bolden had a great week for the Baltimore Ravens. He perhaps is the best off-season player acquired via trade, but Peppers is the best free agent sign. I mean, for sure. He had Mark Tauscher all jumpy, created uh, a handful of false start penalties, personally did, and then the blocked field goal that helped... Uh, The Bears to victory. That was sort of the margin of difference on Monday night. We'll talk about that game in a little bit uh, in the hot topic segment, because I had some issues with the way uh, Mike McCarthy used a challenge flag towards the end of the game and also what he did uh, in the last minute of the game that uh, that perhaps a lot of Packer fans are scratching their heads about today. But no team is more disappointing after three weeks, than the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, you could say any other team that's 0-3, Cleveland or the Lions, are also disappointing, but let's be honest, nobody expected San Francisco to be 0-3. This was supposed to be their year to take the NFC West, what with Pete Carroll changing over half the roster in Seattle, Arizona, having their franchise quarterback dancing with the Stars this year. This is San Francisco's year. This was it. Frank Gore and, uh, and Crabtree, Vernon Davis. The question was Alex Smith. Alex Smith looked super last Monday night Uh, in Kansas City and in Seattle. Well, not so much. Not so much. The Niners have already changed offensive coordinators now. Jimmy Ray, the offensive coordinator, came out and said on Tuesday, hey, I only did what the coach wanted me to do. I'm only running the type of offense that the coach wants to run. Now the coaches run him out of town, and they're 0-3. And only three teams in the last 20 years have started 0-3 and, and made the playoffs. 3% of all teams that start 0-3 make the playoffs. And it's not as if the NFC West has a bunch of sad sacks in it. I know, again, you might not be impressed with the way Arizona's played or Seattle's played, but they're both 2-1. And, and they are both uh, got legs up on the 49ers after three weeks. And the Niners are in trouble. They are absolutely in, in a state of, uh, of shock. And uh, hopefully, uh, not, you know, their fans, for their fans on their behalf, it's hopefully not a state of uh, disrepair. And you have to think that that season uh, maybe, if forget about it, on the brink, could be done. Could be done. And I know there are 13 games left. But when you start 0-3, it is tough to dig out of that hole, and I don't see enough playmakers doing what they're supposed to be doing on that offensive side of the ball for them to be able to, go ahead and make the playoffs, even in that weak division. But the Falcons have got to be feeling good about themselves after three weeks right now in the, uh, in the NFC East. The Eagles have got to be feeling good about themselves, so much for the big hoo-ha about uh, making the switch to Vic and how it was done. It doesn't matter now. He's out of his mind. First-ever three-touchdown pass, one-touchdown run game of his career. And the Eagles are the only team above 500 in the NFC East. And that is the way the Eagles will welcome Donovan McNabb into their house, with McNabb having come off of a stunning loss in St. Louis, uh, and Vic having that Philadelphia house seemingly in order. they got to feel good about themselves, Philadelphia. And the other teams that aren't three off, to be feeling good about themselves has to be the New York Jets. Mark Sanchez, back-to-back three touchdown games with no picks at all so far this season. And they haven't had Calvin Pace on defense. They haven't had Santonio Holmes yet on offense. Braylon Edwards sits the first quarter as his punishment, comes out, and runs a sixty seven yard touchdown in. Jets have to be feeling good about themselves, although they go to Buffalo this week and you do throw the records out whenever that happens. So that's a potential trap game, if you will, for the for the Jets before the Vikings come into their house with Favre coming off of a bye week. But Rex Ryan won't have that as a trap game. It's a division game. They always know how tough it is up in Buffalo. And if the Jets win that, they're already 3-0 and in division with two of their road games in the division out of the way. They've got to be feeling good about themselves. So uh, I'm feeling good about myself. We're giving out pizza to whoever comes on this show. i got a sponsor. i got Larry David coming up on the show. But let's get to our first guest right now. He is the MVP. Of the Super Bowl champion New Orleans Saints, and he is one of the best guys in the business. And I'm so thrilled to have him here on the Rich Eisen podcast, presented by Papa John's. Drew Brees joining us on the program. How are you there, Drew?
1: I'm great, Rich. How are you, man?
0: I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm, I'm the, the how are you is more than just you know how are you, how how are things going. How are you feeling? Did you did you hurt yourself last week?
1: Uh, no, I mean I got I got. Banged up a little bit, but but I'll be I'll be just fine. Just looking forward to getting back on the field. Anytime you know you lose a tough game like that, uh, you can't get back on the field fast enough to try to you know redeem yourself and and get a get a good taste you know in your mouth again.
0: Right. So Saints Nation could can, can exhale. In other words,
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's okay. uh <laughs> Always, always tough to come off one like that.
0: Right? No, no. I'm talking about your. You know, we're reading about MRIs and stuff like that. I guess just as a precautionary measure. But you're you're fine and you're you're ready to go this weekend, is what you're saying?
1: I absolutely will be. Yeah. I mean, I, I obviously took every measure possible just to make sure everything was good, and everything's good. So
0: right. So yeah. How how was it? Uh, I guess losing that. It's such it's such a difficult uh, spot to be in. Losing it. An, an, And it being somewhat out of your control, Drew, what was that like for you standing on the sidelines and watching that all play out for you this past week?
1: Uh, Well, it's tough. I mean, all you ask for is just a chance to win in the end. And despite how the whole game goes, I mean, there's going to be ebb and flow, there's going to be back and forth, especially when we're playing against a divisional opponent like the Atlanta Falcons, who, you know, historically, especially just in the last. Few years here with Mike Smith as their head coach and Sean Payton as our head coach, we've had a lot of close games. I mean, every game we've played with them has been a fourth quarter type game. And so, sure enough, you know, this one came down to the wire. You know, we were able to tie it up with a field goal to send it into overtime and then, you know, got the ball after our defense stopped and drove down to the 10 yard line. And, you know, you feel pretty confident that, uh, you know, with a 27 yard field goal or 29 yard field goal that, you know, you got the game won. But, Unfortunately, you know, you, you make some and you miss some. And uh, unfortunately, that was just one of those times where, you know, we missed it and, and they went down and, and beat us with, with a field goal of their own.
0: Right. What do you say to your kicker after the game?
1: Uh, you know, keep your head up and bounce back. You know, we're going to need you to make a lot of big kicks down the road here. And I, I've got a lot of confidence in Garrett Hartley. And, you know, this is just one of those instances where it, I think it happens to the best of us. And if you can remember back to last year, he, uh, he missed a kick, a game-winning kick, very similar to that one against Tampa Bay at home. And then, little did we know that four weeks later, right. he would have to make that exact same kick in overtime to send us to the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, I was watching and, the game. I was watching the game with Dion, and I asked him I'm, the same question I asked you. I said, "What do you say to your kicker after that?" And he says, "Nothing. He's the guy that kicked you into the Super Bowl last year. So you know, he's he's made big kicks before. It's just..." You just feel for somebody like that. It's like one of those Southwest commercials. Like you want to get away. I mean, he would love to just find the yeah. the nearest exit. I imagine. And just yeah.
1: And it's but it's you know I mean it's encouragement, but also you know, kicker's a tough job. You know, and yeah. you're either the hero or the goat, and uh, you're gonna you're gonna miss a few, and I think that it's how you respond from those. And he's shown in the past that he responds very well from that, and so I hope. Obviously, we all hope that uh, and have confidence in the fact that he's just going to bounce right back.
0: Marshall Falk's been talking about, uh, uh, when when we mentioned the Saints, he's been talking for the last several weeks that your biggest challenge is going to be seeing everybody's A game every single week because you are the defending Super Bowl champs, that everybody is going to measure themselves against you because you are the defending Super Bowl champs. Over the first three weeks of this season, have you seen that? Have you felt that?
1: Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, I feel like, uh, by no means do I feel like we've played our best football, you know, as a team. I feel like there's still a lot of things that we are working on and, and bringing together, and um, you know, we have not played a complete game by any stretch at this point. But I do feel like we're getting everybody's best performance, and you know, every every one of the uh, of our games here, the first three weeks of the season, has been a fourth quarter game where you know, defense or offense or somebody's having to come up with a big play a big stop, a big completion, a big special teams play, whatever it is in order to win the game. And, you know, we've we've been able to do that for the most part, you know, with the exception of, you know, this past week. But uh, And I know there's going to be plenty more of those in the future, but I feel like we're battle-tested, uh, you know, very early on. You know, a lot of times you wait for a couple games like this and see how your team's going to respond. And, you know, if you're able to pull these, these tight games out and, for the most part, over the last two years, we've been able to do that, and I think that's helped us build confidence, and we just know whenever we get in those situations, you know, we're going to find a way to win.
0: What's Sean Payton going to be like this week, you think, coming off of your first loss of the season, wanting to make sure that, um, that not even an ounce of complacency might seep in to a defending Super Bowl championship season? Because obviously what everybody always talks about, a defending Super Bowl champion, is that uh, the defense is always – a battle with complacency. What do you think the coach is going to be about this week?
1: Well, coming off a loss, I mean, it's, hey, we got a lot of things to improve upon. You know, there's, there's, even though we did have a chance to win in the end with a field goal, the game didn't have to be close. You know, I mean, there was a lot of things that we did or did not do that, uh, that, that held us back. And so let's work on improving those things and just making sure that, you know, we're constantly – getting better you know you're never staying the same you're either getting better or you're getting worse mm-hmm. let's make sure we're getting better
0: and what's you what do you feel your role as a team leader is in this situation drew
1: well lead by example first and foremost um you know i've got a routine throughout the week in regards to my preparation what is that I'm doing. what is that don't. well i can't give away my secrets yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: i mean it's all this is only the, the internet it's like nobody's listening right <laughs> it's only the world wide web but Okay, no, so I mean,
1: it's, it, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, hey, getting here early, making sure I'm the first car in the parking lot. And so everybody that comes in, they see my car and they know that I'm here. I'm working. I'm, I'm trying to get better and I'm trying to put this team in the best position to win. And, you know, I've got what I'm doing in the weight room, what I'm doing in the training room, what I'm doing in the film room. Um, go ahead do a practice, you know, after practice. I mean, all those things that put me into that mindset of, you know, so when game day comes around, I know that I'm. I've done everything I can to put myself in the best position to succeed and help us win, and that that just gives you ultimate confidence.
0: Your focus and your preparation is becoming the stuff of legend, Drew. Uh, The the America's Game feature that the NFL Network ran this year about your championship year last year, the story that leapt out at me and a lot of other people was how one week in your bye week, um, Coach Payton comes in and sees you out on the field going through your reps as if it was a game day. Where, where did that come from in your mind, Drew? Walk us through that process Why you decided to do something like that.
1: Uh, just try to stay, stay with it. You know, and don't. It's hard during the season to ever relax. I mean, it, it, you're always just so focused on the next opponent in the next game, and so the bye week comes around, and it's like you don't know what to do with yourself. Mm. Um, so I just feel like it was appropriate to still stay in the moment and you know, get out there and, and keep my, my mind working. And so it's almost like playing the game in your head. You might not be doing it physically, but it doesn't mean that you can't do it mentally. And so much of the quarterback position is a mental game and just visualizing every possible scenario or situation and just making sure you're prepared for it. And that way, you know, the next week comes around and and you're not skipping a beat.
0: Now, this may be apples and oranges, but if I had the day off from my job and I told my wife, I'm going to go into work today and and run through the NFL total access as if if the cameras are on, she'd look at me like I was a little crazy. What <laughs> what did what did Britney say? What did your wife say when you said, "Hey, I'm I'm going in to do this sort of thing"?
1: Rich, you're such a natural. You know, so, <laughs> yeah, you,
0: and you're not, Drew. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you know,
1: some guys have to work at it. You know, you just
0: yeah. i I, I got to make sure my car's in the parking lot when everybody gets in here. You know what I mean? <laughs> but seriously, right. what does your wife say when you're like, "I'm going to go on the field and I'm going to act like there's a game going on today"?
1: Well, I don't think I. Like get into the specifics. As to exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, oh, I I see, I'm, I'm just
0: going to work. Is what you're I saying? Said, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm going in. I got some work to do. So she knows. She knows what that means. She knows that there's you know, crazy preparation. Right. She probably doesn't want to
0: know. No, I know. But she's been along for the ride with you for so long. I, I, there's there's a story I heard. Is this a true story? That when you were rehabbing your shoulder, after you injured it uh, in your final game with the Chargers, did you did you move in to Birmingham, Alabama, to an apartment? Nearby, Doctor James Andrews. Did you? Did is that a true story? To rehab I, close name.
1: Brittany's parents, my wife's parents, mm-hmm. live in Birmingham. Okay. Uh, and so we we I moved into their guest bedroom. Is <laughs> <laughs> what I did. And right, my <laughs> father in law drove me to rehab for the first probably two or three months, and and then after that, I was good enough to where I could drive, and you know, I was okay with my shoulder to drive and everything, and so then I would. <laughs> start driving myself but but i would still you know they were making me breakfast they were making me dinner Mm -hmm. they were taking care of me you know making sure my my ice machine was all filled up and Mm -hmm. you know pumping cold water all over my shoulder to make sure i was i mean they i just i felt like a kid again i felt like like you know my parents were kind of waiting on me you know Mm -hmm. hand and foot and just whatever i needed and they were taking care of me so it was for four months, and my wife, too, so I, I owe him big time for that.
0: Do you ever think about those times? I mean, talk about a fragile moment in your career right there, Drew. I mean, you, you blow out your shoulder. You're a free agent, right? And yeah. you're trying to figure out where you're going to go next. And do you ever think about those moments as you are now the Super Bowl MVP, clearly, widely viewed as an elite quarterback of the National Football League, up there with the Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. I mean, there's there's no question about that anymore now. And and you are and you are forever the king of New Orleans. You can come back when you're 80 years old, knock on wood, and and you will be able to get a you'll get me a reservation at a, at a table in that town. <laughs> do, you, do you ever think about those moments compared to where you are right now?
1: Um, you know, I I guess I I have reflected back on you know the journey a few times, especially after winning the Super Bowl. I mean that's you have to take time to you know enjoy it and part of that part of what made that so special was everything that we had been through up to that point you know and how hard we had to work and you know the the state of new orleans you know at the time just being completely devastated when we first got here and then to what it is now where you just you feel like the city has just been resurrected and um i mean it's such an unbelievable place such a unique place and so I, an opportunity that I was given here by Sean Payton and, um, you know, the Saints organization. I just, I don't know. Everything happens for a reason. And, and it's at the time when you think that something's happening and, you know, why is this happening to me? Why, why now? This is the worst thing that ever could have happened to me. And then I look back on that shoulder injury now and the fact that it brought me to New Orleans and I say, you know, it's probably the best thing that ever happened to me. It's interesting how the direction of life leads you at times
0: update me on I saw it firsthand when I was in town for the uh for the opener this year it just the town is just it's so alive and it's so the fabric between the town and the Saints is just a bond that 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 so few sports teams have with their cities update us on on the uh on the works that you're doing there in New Orleans and where things stand not only with Katrina I mean this oil spill as well devastating ways of life basically yeah. overnight can you update us on on your your works within the community there and, and where they currently stand?
1: Sure. Well, I mean, obviously, when just when you thought that you know this region couldn't you know couldn't stand another hit, you mm-hmm. know, the oil spill happens, and um, just the way that that's affected not only New Orleans but the entire Gulf Coast, and it's just uh, it put so many people in, in yet another tough situation. Um, uh, you just have so many people in need and. I think for us, what has always been our stance, you know, my wife and I and our foundation is we're just, we're trying to do our part. You know, we're trying to leave it, leave everything better than when we found it. And I think in a lot of ways, New Orleans has come back better, has come back stronger than it was before the storm. Uh, When you look at the public education system, the emergence of the charter schools, the infrastructure, uh, I think the fact that um, over the last four years, you know, we've had a lot of primetime games in New Orleans, whether it's Monday Night Football or, uh, Playoff games and that kind of thing. I think it's brought a lot of attention to mm-hmm. New Orleans, and therefore, you know, tourism. The tourism industry is the biggest part of, uh, you know, obviously uh, the economy down here. So um, that's kind of where it stands. You know, I mean, we're we we still have a lot of work to do. We're on our way back, and uh, you know, just still have still have a lot of work to do. But uh, obviously, with the oil spill and everything else too, that's that's been that's been another shot in the arm. But People are are banding together, and if there's a group of people that can come back from it, it's it's the the people, the Gulf Coast people in the world.
0: No doubt about it. I mean, the people there were just so fired up for that home opener and just for football and about their way of life coming back and and being vibrant. And uh, it it was neat to see. And, of course, obviously you guys winning the Super Bowl uh, put so much uh, proper attention on the town. I just I want to ask you uh, about the Super Bowl, just one question. What was it like when you heard from Sean Payton in that locker room at halftime that we're going to go on sides at the start yeah, of that well, third we, quarter?
1: Well, we knew it was going to happen at some point, because he told us before the game it's happening.
0: It's going to. He told win. you before the game we are definitely going on sides. Oh,
1: oh, yeah, all week long. All week long, we knew. I mean, we all knew it was called ambush and it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, I think it was just all about timing, you know, and when they might least expect it, and... When America would least it. <laughs> The
0: planet Earth least expected. Yeah,
1: yeah. Right. So, so I mean, I think you picked the perfect time. Obviously, it was a huge momentum changer. We felt like we had some momentum going in at halftime, and then we we're able to take that onside and score a touchdown you know, the rest of the
0: system. But do you, I mean, you got to, did, did, you, did you just come out, stand on the sidelines, and try and act like this was just a normal? I mean, did you try to do your part?
1: Yeah, just in case yeah, anybody so, was
0: watching you on the other sideline, it was just—it was just gonna yeah. be a normal kickoff. You always wonder
1: here. about that. You always wonder about that if somebody's uh-huh. gonna see anything different on the sideline right. uh-huh. and it might tip them off. But I kind of went through my normal stretches, just mm-hmm. kind of,
0: right.
1: you know, la di da. Just <laughs> I'm a, no, don't look at me. I'm just <laughs> doing my normal routine. There you go. I like <laughs> but, it. But uh, obviously, in, in my mind, I'm thinking we gotta get this ball.
0: And the, the other thing that I always remember about the Super Bowl, certainly with you, other than your play, is you with your kid, you with your boy. Yeah. You with Balin, man, just out there on the podium. Him with his, his headsets, <laughs> you know, the earmuffs, the big old earmuffs, with the confetti coming down. That was like out of a comic book. And that's a dream moment for a dad with a little boy too. I've got a two-year-old. Uh, yeah. I try to, I try to repeat the confetti moment, but it's not the same thing.
1: <laughs> that's one of your visualization uh, yes. techniques with yes. the, uh, yeah. right. Yeah, I it, got is, to, it is. It that, is. That, that'll forever be one of the greatest moments of my life. How could it not know.
0: be, right? I mean, that's. Yeah. How old is he at the time? One. He
1: right? was uh, one year old. Yeah, he just, oh, just turned God. one.
0: It's his first ever Super Bowl, being on yeah. planet Earth, and he's up there on the podium
1: already. Not, not, not that first year of his life. Okay. Uh, getting a chance to experience that. Oh he, man. Yeah, he's he's so special, and that was um, that was something obviously I'll remember forever. And
0: that's uh, great. My but... wife.
1: My wife's pregnant with another little boy which will be due That's right any day now. And any day. So
0: Any day now. We've got
1: we've got high expectations. We got <laughs> you know gonna have to we gotta find a way to go in another one so that uh, that little guy can experience so, the same thing. Wow,
0: you, know? you took the two dat seriously, Drew. <laughs>
1: absolutely.
0: you're you're populating the two dat nation right now. absolutely how are you uh, with me with fatherhood, I, I I'm crying at Walmart commercials now. You know what I mean? Oh, like, totally
1: I, it changes you, man. It totally. is. I
0: mean, everybody. You always tell people. People always tell you before you're a dad. Oh, this is going to be completely different. You have no idea. And the truth is, you really do not have any earthly idea. Yeah, I know. About it. Yeah, totally. You got any 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 tips about getting, expecting a second for somebody like myself, Drew? Uh,
1: well, you know, they they talk to you about you know preparing your mm-hmm. your your first child, mm-hmm. you know, to be a brother and right you know, how, I don't know, obviously, you know, you have a two-year-old, I've my my, my little guy's 20 months old now, so right. I think he's close to two, but, um, I mean, they don't get it, you know, they don't know that their world's about to change, you yeah. know, and it, it, the big thing, though, is obviously they're not going to be getting as much attention <laughs> as they were before, because right. right now, their world revolves around them, and then all of a sudden, number two comes,
2: and, right.
1: you know, there's, obviously, typically it's your wife that's spending the majority of the time with, you know, the newborn, and mm. then... It's probably you and I that are having to pick up the slack with uh, with you know the oldest and right. So I, the way I look at it, for me and you, is it's just more it's just more bonding time with with our, with right. our older ones. So right, right now
0: for right now for me, I, I'm beginning the daddy part's really beginning to hit home right now. The two year old, you know what I mean, when he's able yeah. to catch a ball or throw it or stuff like that. But the bottom line is, is if he feels left out, there's always Elmo for him. You know what I mean? Yeah, El- Elmo's yeah. always there for him.
1: Elmo's always there for him. Always his friend.
0: When are you doing Sesame Street? Have they asked you? They had to have
1: asked no, you. No, no, that's, uh, that's still on the bucket list, buddy. <laughs>
0: the bucket list. Well, because, I mean, I know you're doing a, you're, I mean, you're everywhere now. You are everywhere. You just did a GQ shoot today, right? That's what, that's yeah. what I was told, Your GQ. Yeah. I saw you on a DayQuil commercial. Are you promoting DayQuil now?
1: That was yeah, that was with my wife. That was uh that was a fun that was
0: a fun deal. Yeah, um, Dayquil, Drew Brees for Dayquil. You're you're with yeah, Sanchez and the Verizon commercial. Look, it's the it it's a you're you're a conglomerate now.
1: Hey, we we've gone global.
0: I don't even know who we're, you we're, are we're, any I don't even know who you are anymore, Drew Brees.
1: <laughs> so same guy. Oh, same guy. I know,
0: and that's the beauty global. of it, Matt. That's the beauty of it. And and that's what I wanted to hopefully get across to some folks who are listening to this conversation today. Because uh, I've known you for a while, and I couldn't be, like I told you, when you came to the Total Access set after the Super Bowl, I could not have been more happy for you and uh, and your family. And uh, I just wanted to just say that. And I, I appreciate you coming on this this podcast, Drew.
1: Absolutely, man. I'm happy to. You. You're the best, Rich. Thanks.
0: Thank you. Same to you. That is Drew Brees, the Super Bowl MVP from the New Orleans Saints, joining us here on the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Papa John's. When we come back, we have all sorts of hot topics to talk about with uh, the Worm. Jason Worms are in uh, another one of the folks here from NFL Network who uh, I'm excited to introduce you to, but that was Drew Brees here on the, the podcast. Very excited. And Larry David, waiting in the wings. Don't move.
3: do come on! No excuses! No
1: Hard for hot! The new begins!
4: Get on the field with all the sights and sounds from inside the game. Two nights. Two
0: shows you can't miss. No Get more. your field pass with NFL replay and sound effects. Oh, goodness. What a play. Tuesday and Wednesday starting at 8, only on NFL Network. <laughs> Welcome back to the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Papa John's. Pizza! I love Pizza! The worm. I heard is in the house. I heard there's pizza coming. There for the good people of Papa John's sponsoring this broadcast. Everybody who appears on this show gets pizza. <laughs> I like pizza. I mean tell you. Is there gonna be pizza every week? James, well, I don't know if you should be. Your trainer would appreciate. No, it. no, no. no. Or, we, I would, I, but you, no. Yes. I, apparently, no. everybody who appears gets pizza every. So would, you're gonna get a pizza every week. But I would give the pizza out. Oh, because you're give. a giving man. I am a giver. Again, I'm a uh, lover. this is a senior producer here at NFL Network, Jason or a.k.a. The Worm, uh, becoming a regular here on the Rich Eisen podcast, talking about hot topics in the National Football League. Uh, joining us this week, senior bureau producer, helps uh, book this show, uh, good friend of, uh, of mine, uh, and uh, also back in the day, the head PR director of the L.A. Extreme in the XFL, Drew Omar. Here on the Rich Eisen podcast.
4: Tommy Gunn. We had Tommy Gunn on that team.
0: Tommy Maddox. And we uh, won the only championship. Did And and, and uh, so did
4: he hate me ever come into the house? We, you, uh, yeah, we played he hate me twice. <laughs> did, did he hate me get yeah, he you? He did, actually. He returned a kick for a touchdown. He uh, did. He had some good games. Sort against. of like <laughs> Leon Washington. That's right. That's right. You guys
0: in the LA Extreme. So uh, let's talk about some hot topics around the National Football League, guys. Starting with the 3-0 and teams in the NFL the Pittsburgh Steelers where I don't think anybody thought that this would happen with with the question of who's going to be at quarterback Dixon or left, which, as it turns out Charlie Batch was the savior this past week Steelers at 3 and 0 the only NFC team at 3 and 0 being the Chicago Bears after the Monday night win against the Green Bay Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs who were thinking at 3 and 0 Jason Worms are your thoughts you have nuggets you told me you have, I have nuggets nuggles.
3: well the reason there's there's three reasons why okay okay one defense. Mm-hmm. All three teams have held their team their opponents under 17 mm-hmm. on average. Right. Both team all three teams have had a, a guy return a ball for a touchdown. So they have a special teams touchdown. Yes. And I think the other thing is they create turnovers. They're all plus on the plus side of the turnover ratio. Well, I'll tell you what Those Kansas are, City
0: has. Everybody thinks they're a fluke. Uh, Drew this team has playmakers. The Kansas City Chiefs have guys who can make plays which you need in the National Football League to win.
4: Well, one of the things they've they've done already is they they've got such athletic they got such talent on that team. Mm-hmm. Clusters and Charles and Eric Berry's got speed. These are young athletic guys that they're building a core on. It's an exciting team. I just Checking their schedule, though, what, what what does the National Football League have in score? Well, and they, well they're on a,
0: they're, I have that answer for you here, Drew. Hit me. Uh, thanks to Worm's <laughs> handy-dandy, non not-yet-laminated, uh, uh, all-in-one schedule yes. that you have here in your pocket schedule. Uh, they're on a bye this week. Then they're at uh, Peyton Manning. How you doing? How you doing? Hello. And then they're at Matt Schaub. How are you doing? Right. Okay. So that's potentially three and two. Let's the, just,
3: defensive line, the defensive line has been so good.
0: And, and you want to talk about playmakers, too. Uh, Moyaki, that oh, kid that had is, the play of the week. Right? The, the one-handed the, grab. All those they cats that down. they
3: drafted under, when one Peterson's GM, mm-hmm. all those cats are finally stuck. Uh, Tombaugh Lee had three sacks. All
0: these guys are starting to play. Peterson. You're giving Peterson credit? Okay. Oh. And then they're home for Jacksonville, home for Buffalo, mm-hmm. then at Oakland, at Denver very very So that, that I mean if you take a look at this stuff you give them the home wins cuz it's tough it's tough to win in Arrowhead when the place is filled up and people are That's crazy true. nuts. Yeah. Uh, that would make them 5 and 2. Yeah. Uh, and then at Oakland at Denver, maybe they split that?
4: Yeah. That's 6 and 3. So wait a minute. That's 6 and 3. Ray, so you're painting a world.
0: I'm painting in a which world.
4: KFC Chiefs Win the AFC West. Is that what you're doing uh, right now? Well, ah. well,
0: listen, hey, listen, the way San they're Diego's cute. playing, the way San Diego's playing, you can't just, uh, dorm, they're not dorming here. You know time. what I mean? I mean, Charged their special teams is, is Patrick Creighton called out the special teams this they're week. Teams I mean, he's, he's fresh to the team. Oh, right. Right. Marcus McNeil's coming back, so that's going to be a different story. Uh, I don't know what they're planning on doing with Vincent Jackson. I mean, this makes absolutely no sense to me. I mean,
4: Worm, it's over, right? What? Vincent Jackson. Definitely is he's over. shooting up this year? Definitely over. Do you he's think not, so? He's not coming back. AJ Smith all he I, I don't know about that. AJ
3: Smith holds I don't know about do. that. And yeah, he, holds he holds the car- grudges. I, mean, I
0: I think again when when his when his um suspension's over you're going to start hearing in the ether of the Vikings again. I really think so cuz I think they're going to be desperate at that point. I think the Vikings really need him in the worst way. Well, if they get Rice back and but I mean, Rice has got a hip injury, man. I mean, this is this it's not like he's coming about, back from a hamstring here. He had surgery on his hip. And that is something you should I mean in baseball world, A-Rod fans, you you all know that. That's that's not a
4: given. I don't see how way. you can make that deal, though. If you're the yeah. Vikings, there's no way A.G.'s going to make it comfortable for you. Mm-hmm. You're going to look like you got robbed. Right. There's a lot of money.
0: Let's get to the Sunday Nighter. The Sunday Nighter, <clears throat> because Drew, you are a big fan of the Jets.
3: Or the it's better known as the Green Mechanical
0: Bird. The Green Mechanical Bird is your is your nickname for him. GMB. Your thoughts on on uh, on your Jets looking as good as they have over the last two weeks?
4: It's exciting. I mean, as a fan, all you can hope for is that you have a team on the field that you can look forward to seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, to have Sanchez the last two games play the way he has—where did that come from? Though? Six TDs. I mean, and no he looked picks. so lost in Week One. I mean, I know you can but count to that as the Ravens. An, but why is that such an anomaly? That I mean, the Ravens brought the kitchen sink. It was their first game. Mm-hmm. He played like the dog of do. But this is extremely exciting when you also factor in that three of our best—well, four of our best players. Three to return. Mm-hmm. The cavalry's coming, mm-hmm. and the defense was going to lead this team. And now it looks like there's signs of life on the offense. I mean, Sean Green is—he's is, not an afterthought, mm-hmm. but LT is certainly—he
0: looks he's great. Amazing. Looks, we talked about that on the this segment last week. He amazing. looks super.
3: He's got a chip on his shoulder. He wants to—he wants to show AJ Smith right. that you're
0: no good. Oh. You're not, right. so
3: you're not so smart. You're so the sword. dolphins,
0: though, is your I mammal, aquatic mammal. It's aquatic so cause mammal. Because we'll get to your G men in a minute. But, yes. but the, where, <laughs> where, where where does the dolphins rank? One A. On your, I don't understand. Well, I grew up in South Florida. Right. Went to I went to many, I mean many many games in the Orange Bowl. Okay,
3: many. Right. I was at the fifty uh, the incredible 1981. Divisional playoff game. Why are you shaking your head, Drew? And uh, this what? breaks, what every, rule? Is breaks rule? every rule. What are you talking about? No, no, You When, when, when worm. mammal I plays the rules G-men. There's no rules. Mammal plays G-men. It's G-men. G-men okay. trumps mammal. This is like rock yes. Beat Is yes. this rock scissors yes. or? Okay. Hold on here. Hold you on. I grew up in be... South Florida. My brother, yeah. my oldest
0: you have brother, two was. Wives.
4: Well, yeah, some shows, are you, some shows. Are you
0: accusing Worm of being an NFL polygamist? Is I am that not what, a polygamist. Is that, is that what's going I, on right I now? I
4: think it's time. I think it's time to, to maybe. Call I us. like I like Mammal, Okay, I like the Mammal. But Worm, I'm we can't that be you're... passionate. Wait, about wait hold teams. on. Why not? Why not? Yeah, what's your? Why, 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 why not? That is what a fan is. You are passionate about one team. You root for your team. You stick through thick and thin with your team. You can't if you have two teams then you have another option. If, you're, if your one team's not doing well, then you jump to the other team.: not really. That's not being a true. I'm fan. not
3: going to sit there like, oh, if, if the dolphins decide to make a run and go to the Super Bowl at all, am I gonna, I'll be happy? Am I going to go like, I'm going to wear shirts and hats and
0: fly banners around?
4: No, but where am I thinking? Am I going to put a Chad I, Haney picture there, in my office? Is there anybody else? No. Here the answer's at, no. Is there
0: anybody else here at NFL network that has two teams? I don't know of anybody else in our shop. That has, uh, you know, option B. I don't understand. That's their problem.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but what we've all seen, I
4: mean, it's
0: a very
3: complex thing about my rooting interests. It a, it's a family thing for my brother. It goes way back. And but then it's don't
4: per- you have to choose at some point? No, the, if it's the, the day
3: I've told you, the day to choose is when we, when Mammal plays G-men, and they play every four years. And I make it very clear on how I stand. And it's the. Try, guys, so this the is gone back the three years, 25 in between, years is, You go into
4: every Sunday with two. It options. has
3: gone back. This nonsense has gone back 20. You're not the first, by the way. I have fraternity brothers who keep yelling at me. This has gone back as 25 years. See now, the, it, 25
0: years. As, as, as somebody who sits next to you watching games yes. every yes. Sunday here,
3: do I root? Do I root? We've been watching.
0: We have been watching games together for like Seven, five years. Five or six years. Because yeah. we used to when we first started, we had that conference room yeah, across the way, so. It was, I think, year two or year three of our network yep. we started watching on stage yep. one. Yep. Right? So I've been sitting next to you for five years, okay? okay? Mm-hmm. And the Dolphins do get you a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. And when they lose, you're, you're uh, well. Yeah. The G-Men, though, That's, with you, uh, yeah. I mean, this past week against the Titans, you were in full Tourette's Mode. Well, there was a seven year old. What was the highlight? There was no, a you're seven, seven year old. old. We, I, By the way, I brought in my nephew, okay, who is now, he's now, 14, 15, s- no, no, he's 15? He's now 16. 16. He's turning wow. six, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I he's remember, 16. I know, like I know that. You said so so he was seven? Okay, he's now no, 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 no. 16. No. He's now 16. No. He knows. He's, so he knows when he comes in. He's known for years when he comes in NFL Network, you gotta have the earmuffs on with Worm. You gotta have the earmuffs. Okay, but now I brought in a nine year old. Right. A nine year old. At well, you didn't talk quarter third I quarter, did not know think the nine-year-old was, was there. Personal foul number three this week by and the Giants. And worm said f bomb this. It no, 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 no. And I'm like, it Worm, was... up, I'm like, Worm, there's a nine-year-old back here. And what did you say to me? Get him out of here. No, you didn't say get him out of here. You said that's quote unquote
4: that's his fault. <laughs>
0: Qua <laughs> Quo? That's his fault. It's his fault. We're blaming nine-year-old
4: nine-year-old for, old for being here. Yeah.
3: First of all, did not know he was there. Not like, not, apparently, that's his fault. That's, that's his a, that's that's a fault. That's okay? collateral you know, damage. You know exactly what you're said. getting when you come. <laughs> you know, everybody knows. There should be a warning. <laughs> you should make that. You, should just sign, you sign a waiver. Beware of worm. Beware of worm. Of, beware, just beware of worm. Just beware. Beware of worm. There, are, there are wild noises that come from many people because they, everyone has their own little team. That's true. Everybody's so there's there's to lots a of pieces There's lots right. of
0: faves Lots of people being passionate, and but
3: only one. I think when when it when Carpet you have a 11 when you have room. when you fumble inside the five twice or mm. throw an interception th- and, and and have a turnover mm. twice, you have uh Four personal, four personal fouls, eleven penalties, four hundred and seventy-one yards, and no punts. Four hundred and seventy-one yards and no punts. Who has ever done that? I don't know. They scored ten points in the history of national football. And apparently, that was the nine-year-old's
4: fault too. <laughs> His,
0: His fault. Nine-year-old fault. I think that's. By the way, this leads us perfectly to the soundbite of the week. Mike, yes. Mike Del Tufo hit the cart, please, for everybody here.
2: They are held accountable. They've been told that they do not have the freedom to hurt our football team to take actions which hurt our team. Penalties lose games. They know that. They've been told that. They all know what the repercussions are of losing the turnover battle. They all understand that. It's a team that had seven turnovers a week ago and had none today. Uh, It is frustrating. But it's my fault. It's my responsibility. Put it on me. Um, But we have 13 games to go, and obviously we've got to improve.
0: What are your thoughts on your coach taking responsibility? does it mean anything to you, the fan? I think it tore him. A new one in the locker room. Well, here's the deal with him. Here's what I think the problem is here, is that when they were so successful with their Super Bowl championship team, he had that uh, council of elders, whatever he had. Right, that, right. What was it? The right. leaders? Stra- yeah. Strahan, Pierce, right? He got rid of it. What do you mean they got rid of it? He, got, he doesn't have it anymore. Well, I mean, he doesn't have the guys to fill the room that has that. You know, at least know. he had that. That council could actually leave the room. Right. And do his bidding for him, like, sort of the way that the Patriot Way guys could do that for all, Belichick. Right. All, the guys, all the guys, all the guys. are those guys? Well, the they don't. They don't who are here. Those guys? There are no guys like that on the team. Justin Tuck is a quiet guy. Eli's is a quiet guy.
3: The only guy who's a loud mouth is is twenty seven, and he's garbage, and but he's going to be off the team next year anyway. First so time. We, Jacobs we, is garbage. We've started garbage. to hear. It's over. It's over, for Because in the minute he threw over. the helmet, well, it's we've, been over for. It's been over. He hey, he almost got it. He got into a fight. Remember he had a first down. Remember he ran. He cut back. When, and made last, nice, last week? Last week, he uh, made a nice cut back at nine yards first down. He gets into a scuffle with with uh, 72. He's, just an, he's an
0: angry guy.
4: He's just an angry guy. It's like, enough. But for the first time, we started to hear. Uh, that Coughlin's team is undisciplined? Yeah. Like, how is that spin? That's true. Yeah. How, how, how can you no have speed. an undisciplined? Well, I mean, that, that could it's, be it's the an, end of him. And, and Bettis is basically... That means that his message is... The there's no B.
0: The bus is out oh. there this week, riding blogging, talking No about doubt. Cowher wants to come back, and I think the Giants are a perfect situation. Power, power! And you're fired up. Fired up. But you're up. only one and two, Worm.
3: They, they, you're are, one and they two. are a... You're only at, one and
0: two. You got the Bears this Sunday night. Which is a... Which
3: should be a huge lockdown for the Bears.
0: This Why? Giants, dude, Giants. They came off. They played their, their week, biggest
3: rival. Short, short week. week. They Big, shouldn't have won the game. They won the a game. What they shouldn't have won? Oh, it was a fluke. Complete fluke last what night. What are you talking about? 18 penalties. Yeah, but Peppers. Peppers. Peppers hold on. Hold on. Hold on. A, a quarter of Cutler. Because he's such a beast. Cutler, you could Cutler, not be impressed with Cutler that. threw three balls or intercepted Two. Were intercepted turned over by Penn. One was I, dropped. Last I checked, so he is awful. It was just weird. That was 2006 Bears. No offense at all. Got a special teams touchdown. Defense made a player or two. That's it. Who
0: who went to the Super Bowl that year? I understand. Okay. One of the worst-ass worst teams are. You ever are. You to go to the games. Super Bowl. And, listen, ever. Bottom line is this. I, I, this is my thought on that game. That... Um, Green Bay made way too many mistakes, and it's not just the 18 flags, by the way, because there are people talking 17, 18 was the, was, was the 18 band-on-the-field flags that happened because they kept on lateraling it forward in, the, right. in that last play again. Mm-hmm. Uh, how in the world do you kick it to Devin Hester twice? After the first time, the punter kicked him, and he damn near ran it back. You saw Mike McCarthy go to the punter and say something. Now, how does he kick it to him again? That's another one. Now, this is our pet peeve. We've talked about this for years, the three of us, and there were everyone else, Muriano, Bardi, who has already yeah. appeared in this podcast and other guys who are going to come on, is challenging. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay? Challenging replays. Mike McCarthy has a challenge with two minutes and change to go. He's got three timeouts left. The Bears just got the ball right in front of him around midfield. So you've got to sit there and think, I might need these three timeouts. I have a two-minute warning, too. I, I need to get the ball back. Because Robbie Gould is not going to miss more often than not. And he challenges anyway, after it has been shown coast-to-coast coast in high definition on, on ESPN, that this is a conclusive call on the field. How does this happen? Do they not have replay in the coaches' booths upstairs? How do, they, do they not have ESPN on? I've mean, never happen?
4: understood it, but they're looking at, aren't they looking at something from the truck so they're only looking at the replays. But I'm sitting I'm on my sure. couch and seeing it. I understand it. that. But that's what I'm saying is I've never truly there understood what they see.
0: I've asked Mariucci this question. We've asked Mariucci this question many times. Right. It's, and, and it's just like, what in the world happens? Isn't there somebody upstairs watching TV when something controversial happens and gets down to the coach? He says, sometimes TV doesn't show hmm. it on time. That is true. Not that this is case. true. This case, not the case. Well, that's, it was conclusively shown also on where replay.
4: Home, obviously, this was in Chicago where home field advantage becomes – a factor because they actually have, there have been cases where uh, the guy running the big board has not gotten the replay up quick mm-hmm. enough for his coach, and the True. coach choose him but out. But that
0: did happen earlier in the game for, for Lovey Smith to challenge something, where they put it right up on the board. That's and so he what I'm When I think uh, Q it. and the, the fullback was ruled not down, and he really was down. They right. put it right up there. they're, put they're not it right obviously the not board. putting that up. And, and they're, they're also not also putting up cars, and James and Jones. holding the ball, by the way, in the wrong arm. He's holding it towards the field. That's where Erlacher can come What a play he made on the on the
3: On the play that was not a touchdown was called it was called down, right. He challenged it. He looked to the board. He definitely right. put the thing out on the board. I immediately. know, but then he challenged it. And he lost. But that here's one the thing: too.
0: Mariucci says sometimes you don't get the replay on time. Sometimes you're the coach screaming upstairs. What does it say? What does it say? What does True. it say? And you don't get the right answer. True. So that may have happened. But McCarthy said after the game, it was such a big play. I had timeouts left. I figured, what the heck? Because sometimes you roll the dice the and you heck? never what the know. Heck? But sometimes you roll the dice and and, and you know the, what the you games. know how many times a ref can go under the hood and see something that you don't even see. OK, or see something that there's not to be seen and he overturned something. But that it was, was such, a pretty boy big boy did they on. need that timeout at the end yes, of the game. Because boy, if they, they ever had, need because that time out. Right. I never they understand could. why coaches do that. And that's why you, Worm, have already offered, if, God forbid, Mariucci ever leaves us to go yes. back to coaching. And I, I told him this, too. We will set up the replay system for whatever team is. Like, we'll set up the relay yeah. that there's got to be a coach on the staff, whether it's offensive or defensive, whenever there's a controversial play you're watching the television, mm-hmm. and you are the one guy that the coach wants to hear from. That's it. It is your job to look at this, and it is your job to know what a replay looks like, for crying out loud. It just it boggles the mind, and I'm sure Green Bay Packer fans are sick to their stomach today.
3: That and the way he handled... The Why, don't you let him score? Why don't you let him score? Why don't you let him, you you let him score? You have one timeout. did that in the Super Bowl. He
0: did. Yeah, but if they let him the to score, time. if they let him score on that first down, Aaron Rodgers has 52 seconds plus a timeout left to go down the field yeah. and get Mason Crosby, who can hit it from hand, you know, from from the middle of, uh, well, no, if of you let the lake. Let they would have had a score touchdown. Of the lake, they would have to score a touchdown. No, uh, no, well, uh, that's that. true. That's true. They, he could have he could have gone down. Absolutely,
4: the Jets almost burnt themselves on the reverse of that by scoring the touchdown too early. On it the Sunday a, night game. On the Sunday night game, and the Dolphins came right down the field and almost. And almost scored. They would have to have gotten the two-point conversion. Yeah, I mean, oh. and, and
3: Lovey screwed that up too. Lovey should have taken knees. Mm-hmm. He was like, because they didn't really run the ball that well. What if he fumbles the ball to one? Take a knee or the, you have the ball to one. Two steps back, knee.
0: Mm. Two steps back, knee. Real quick, as we uh, Larry David, who can probably you you're probably the only person here who can match him, angst for angst and bitter for bitter. Yeah. Uh, he's he's waiting in the wings <laughs> here on the podcast. Give me your stat. Oh. You know you know you know this stat. He and Chris Wirtz have come up with a stat that basically assures a a fan of knowing your team is about to score and put points on the board. And and I got tweeted, somebody tweeted me saying. During the Bears game. During the Bears game that it happened. Have you heard this stat? No. If
3: if your team, you're on offense, and it's a second and 15 or third and 15 plus, Mm -hmm. and you convert it. Now, you don't have to convert the second down on third down. Just in two downs. If a second or third and 15 plus is, is converted on a drive. This week, 17 of 27 drives that happened. Hmm. Okay? 12, 12 touchdowns, 5 field goals. 63%. Okay? For the season, it's 38 of 61, 62%. Did
4: that work for both of your teams that you are rooting for?
0: Uh, no. What are the games? What are the games? <laughs>
4: I don't even know the games.
0: Are you are you bringing up coach speak? This, all right. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep Larry David waiting for a minute. <laughs> Coach. am are going to get out of. We're talking coach. You, just to let some folks in on this, we 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 constantly use phrases in the office, like I'm sure a bunch of you folks in your offices with your friends throw phrases at each other that that are catchphrases or inside jokes. You just mentioned one of the games. I don't even know the games. Coach Speak was you used to you were the producer of Coach Speak. Yes, I was. When we launched in 2003, we had Mike Ditka and Marv Levy. Mm-hmm. Break down games in a in a segment called Coach Speak. Coach Speak, right? Yes. And and every Tuesday. Great man. And and some of the outtakes, some of the outtakes, we still have carded up. Mike Del Tufo has uh, our sound man, extraordinary, not just for NFL Network but for this podcast as well. I won't have anybody else working the board. That's not true. That's (laughs) actually not true. But I do love Mike. Mike, uh, card up card up some of the outtakes here that we love. Uh, What are
4: the what are the games?
0: I don't even know the games. (laughs) Now, you as a producer here, Mike Ditka, one of your talents, say, I don't even know what we're about to we talk about spend, right We would spend, this is no joke, I. this is no joke, we would get on the,
3: on the phone on Monday, okay, It'd be a, th- a three-way conference call, we'd yap about Marv, the games, Ditter. Marv, Ditka, and me, okay, yeah. and we just, <laughs> and they were unbelievable, I'm just joking, they were the amazing. One? They were amazing. They are just talking back and forth, the two like, of them. Which I'm is friends. what we want. That's they the TV show amazing. we want. Revolutionary. Revolutionary. What were they talking they about? They were talking about the games. If it was like Bears, oh, Packers. They were talking about, they didn't know the games. They, they, they were they talking about the games? We'd the games. What are the what games? We are the games. What are the games? I don't even know the games. I like this game. I like that game. And I, this is no joke. The next day, they sit down. <laughs> and Ditka this is just like, what are the games? What are we talking
0: about? As if the conference and I'm call like, never and I'm happened.
3: Like, what the hell? I'm like, I, I, I'm like let me I, let me hold on, Mike. What let, the hell's going
0: on? Let, let, let's uh, let's Mike card up some more. What else do you have for me? Can from you Miguel? pick it up? Can you pick it up? That's, that, is that say that? Give me that again. Can you pick it up? Can you pick it up? Now he's asking basically when he 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 messes up something, can we pick it up from there, right? Can we oh have an yeah, he yeah, was
3: editing. He was like editing a, a jigsaw puzzle that was tossed awesome into the Hudson. Okay. <laughs> That's, it that's was. No good.
0: Well, we, got, we have some Marv in there. Let's get some Marv Levy from Coach Speak. Mike, let's hear this. This is my friend, Marge. 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 I ain't don't look like Marge. I'll, get again. <laughs> I'll call you Myrtle. I'll call you Myrtle. Uh, you messed
3: that one up. It got so bad by late November, okay? Oh. Ditka had, had knee surgery or hip surgery, okay? So he was on crutches. And then that week, or that that, like the day before, Marv was living in Chicago at the time, Marv slipped on an icy sidewalk in Chicago and busted his hip. So you had these two guys who were completely gimpy it was that vision. Didn't we have Dan Jiggett sit for him one time? Yeah, who yes. was our, who was our guest was a, I think Dan Jiggett was the guy. Was the, he was the guy. Where did I pull that That from, was a good man. one. I still have his number somewhere. Went yeah, from, a lot uh, of what are, right are the right games who is the host? Who is the host?
0: Good gracious. It oh was amazing. Oh, my gosh. So, you know what I think from now on, when I ask you to give the NFL re, uh, replay uh, yes. promo? Yes, yes. Uh, Uh, I think we should play Ditka. I don't know the games. What are the games? games? I I think you should do it. So here we go. I don't know the game. There we go. Green Mechanical Bird. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Let's do this properly. Okay. Mike Del Tufo. Card it up. What are the the games? I don't even know the games. What are the games
3: this week? Tuesday, 8 (laughs) o'clock. Green Mechanical Bird at Aquatic Mammal. Okay. Then the nine fifteen game Jets Dolphins for those who are not uh, warmed is uh, is Dirty Bird at Florida Lee okay which is a fabulous uh, that's Falcons Saints fabulous one of the best games of the year we talked about that with Drew Brees already on this broadcast Wednesday is the said Packers v. Midway Ursign okay and then uh, nine (laughs) fifteen is the Lightning Bolt v.
0: Chargers Seahawks with. Mm. Pete Carroll wired up. Pete Carroll wired for sound. All right, so those are the games. All right, Worm, you're getting pizza from Papa John's. Pizza! Well done. I love pizza. Drew, thanks for everything you do with this podcast and all the network, and we look forward to having you back here. That's uh, The Worm and Drew Olmeyer here talking hot NFL topics on the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Papa John's. Coming up next, Larry, David, don't you dare move. Game. One new channel will change Sunday afternoons forever. This season, watch the best plays as they happen live in HD. NFL Network Red Zone. Every touchdown, every game. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Podcast, presented by Papa John's. The music essentially tells you all you need to know about who our next guest is, but I'll still give him the introduction he deserves. He is the creator and executive producer and lead actor on the funniest show on television. Curb Your Enthusiasm, also the creator of the funniest show perhaps of all time, Seinfeld, and a big-time Jet fan, Larry David, here on the Rich Eisen Podcast. LD, how are you? I'm, I'm well, thank you. I don't know if you're aware that that music is in the NFL Films library. Are you aware really? of that? No, yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> yes. So perhaps, uh, you know, the John Facenda voice would actually go well with that song. I bet you probably never even thought that either.
2: I never, no, that never occurred to me.
0: <laughs> you're learning. You're learning here on the Rich Eisen podcast. What is
2: the John Facenda do, by the way?
0: He was actually a news anchor in Philadelphia.
2: Oh, okay. So, That's where they got him from. So he
0: basically, at one point, probably did say, "When we come back, yeah, it's the five-day forecast here." <laughs> <laughs> that that is, and and Steve Sable once told me, Larry, that he has outtakes of John Facenda cursing up a blue streak. oh, oh I'd love to
2: hear that.
0: <laughs> that is that that would I would love to hear too. Just by the way, are there any language restrictions on the, for the, on this podcast? No, go ahead. Do whatever you want to do. We'll, okay. we'll bleep it. It's the internet. I mean, we'll find out. It is the NFL, but uh, you know, I, but anything goes here on the internet, okay. from what I'm told. What do you think of your Jets, LD? That was a heck of a game Sunday night. Don't you? Think?
2: I, I, you know, by the way, I have to watch those games by myself.
0: Is that right? Yeah, I find that when there's when there when there are people over, mm-hmm.
2: it's too dis- distracting for me. <laughs> I can't really concentrate on the game and get into it. There's too much talking. so I really would rather hear what uh, Chris Collingsworth has to say than some idiot friend.
0: (laughs) Basically, you don't want to, just having to be sociable, you just want to remove that from the equation.
2: Exactly. I want to focus and zero in.
0: On what's going on with the with your jets and yes. when, and when you zero it because that was going to be my question is how you watch these games where do you watch them in, in a specific room in your house Is say I watch it in that what you call the room next to the kitchen the, the family room okay okay mm-hmm.
2: I watched it there
0: okay and so so then if I invited you to come to a, a house uh, where where I there's I wouldn't
2: like it I I would not like it I've never enjoyed a Super Bowl.
0: You, you you've never been to a Super Bowl party, or you've you just can't enjoy that sort of thing. Is what you're saying. I
2: don't enjoy the game when I watch it when I watch it with a bunch of people. That's why Super Bowls they, they're awful. Because all of a sudden I'm looking, how'd they get to the 12-yard line? Where have I
0: been? Right, where have you been? You yeah. know, it, it's it, and for my job, believe it or not, I I miss pretty much five minutes of the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl all the time because I'm stuck in an elevator trying to get uh, down to the field.
2: That's
0: horrible. So I I come back on the field and I'm basically when when the Steelers were playing the the uh, Seahawks, I'm like, when did the Steelers go up by 10? I was stuck in between yeah. floors three and two of Ford Field basically. By the way, I went to the Super Bowl.
2: Um, the one the Giants won?
0: Yeah, in Arizona. In
2: what, 2007? Right. Yeah, the one in Arizona. And I didn't enjoy it at all.
0: <laughs> what? I'm, I'm used to watching games on television, and yeah. and being there, it's not the same. You really don't see what's going on. Well, that's to that's uh, be honest with you, the league is very concerned about that, and that is why... Jerry Jones in the new Cowboy Stadium built a huge ass oh. screen that goes from the 20 to 20 because a lot of people like watching the game on a high definition screen. So he built literally built a 60 yard long oh, high wow. definition television. So maybe you can go to the Super Bowl this year and do uh, yeah,
2: you know <laughs> God willing, the Jets get in. <laughs>
0: yes. God willing. But hey, let me tell you something. The way Sanchez looks, over the last two wow. weeks, I mean, where did this come from? You didn't look know. like this on the first Monday night of the season. Very, very impressive. Um, especially
2: that drive at the end of the game. The Jets never do that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: They always give the ball back historically.
0: Do you have the trapdoor mentality of the typical Jet fan that you're, you're expecting the 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 mo, you know the and the, the hundred pound anvil to come in from out of nowhere and just? Uh,
2: by the way, I had that with the '98 Yankees. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that 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 is my mentality as a fan. Oh,
0: in general, not just in, the, just yeah, the in Jets. General,
2: it's not just the Jets. Uh huh. I, I have it all the time, no matter who I'm rooting
0: for. <laughs> it's just the general sports aspect that you have watching. When the Yankees
2: were up three games against the Padres in the World Series in 98. I still feel well, you know the Padres in this game.
0: Right, but they had already won 124 okay, games exactly, then. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And you're good. And of course, I thought they were going to lose that game last night. <laughs> and they and they and they came through that last drive. Twelve plays, eighty yards. Most of it on the ground. Ladainian Tomlinson looks super as well. Yeah, he looks pretty good. Although Green is starting to come around now, I think. So you, which one? Who would you rather have the ball in your estimation? Uh, uh, green. Really over LT? I think so. No kidding. And what do you think of uh, what do you think of Rex Ryan? What are your thoughts on Ryan, Larry?
2: I I love him. I, I think the biggest mistake he made was to um was to allow the team to get filmed for that HBO
0: series. Really? You didn't like the Hard Knocks idea?
2: Uh, no, I don't I if I if I was the coach, I never would have allowed that. Why? Because it puts it's it's an
0: invasion of your privacy. <laughs> but you're would, you're would welcoming you want that Somebody
2: though. would you want somebody in your house?
0: No. Absolutely not.
2: Well, that's what it's like. And, and I don't think that uh, I, I just think it it takes away from the focus of, that a team needs in, uh, when, when they're preparing for a season.
0: But in a way, the coaches who do it, their mentality is is that it it puts the uh, the onus on the players to be performing at its at its highest because there are cameras around, that the eye in the sky is constantly around them. That's their mentality. But you don't agree with that? No, not at all. And Rex Ryan made Susie Esmond seem like a nun, <laughs> to the way he was cursing up on HBO.
2: Yeah, well, I'm sure everybody talks like
0: that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, because I, you know Tony Dungy was complaining about Rex's. Uh... By the way,
2: Joe Girardi bringing Tony Dungy into the locker room. Mm-hmm. Please. <laughs> do you your... think the Yankees? Do you think they need Tony Dungy talking to them? <laughs> See, how, how ridiculous! That, wait, 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 what was he supposed to tell them?
0: Well, Tony. Tony knows about winning a championship. He knows about. Yeah, as
2: yeah, to uh, the Yankees, they won the World Series the year before.
0: <laughs> so you don't. Uh, is it just Tony Dungy you didn't like him bringing yeah, in? Or just I, I, I don't like anybody.
2: In. That's ridiculous. <laughs> if Rodney could come back from the dead, I want not allow him
0: in. <laughs> so i love it the uh, solitude is what you think is important so far From what i'm saying solitude when you're watching a game solitude when you're trying to win a championship and certainly when you're trying to go about your business you don't want the hbo cameras in there it's all about the solitude from what i can gather
2: yeah definitely not it's just it 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 becomes a, a show you're, put, you're putting on a show. You're not really being yourself when there are cameras around.
0: Now, when you're watching a game, do you look at the game and see a job on the field that you think you can do?
2: Oh, are you serious?
0: I'm serious, yeah.
2: Okay, first of all, there's no question in my mind. <laughs> no question in my mind that I could be an offensive coordinator.
0: <laughs> an offensive coordinator? Absolutely. What makes you think that?
2: I, I, cause I feel I have, I'm, I'm very imaginative and creative. <laughs> I know from when I played football when I was a kid how I would make up plays, uh-huh. uh, you know, in, in the sand, and you do this and you go there, and uh, I had great plays.
0: Like, <laughs> what?
2: I could give you ten plays tomorrow. I I know would work.
0: That you know would work against a specific. Listen, I would
2: just need to observe and get some, you
0: know, and, mm-hmm. and get a little experience. Uh huh. And then I'm sure that I could do it. So you, and I feel like I could be a defensive coordinator as well. So you could coordinate both sides of the football. I think so, too. I do better offensively, but I could also do a good job defensively. What what style of... And then eventually, yes.
2: after a couple of years, yes. and if I don't, i go for head coach.
0: <laughs> you go, just because you, you... But you do realize you have to pay dues, right? So you, that's where you work from the coordinator up yes. to the, up to the yes. top job. Yeah. Uh, well, listen, I, I appreciate that. And you called Tannenbaum. I know you called the Jets' general manager a few years ago when, right. they, when they were at the top of the draft. Can you retell that story for those who may not know that you, you tried to put the Larry David influence on how the Jets actually drafted?
2: I wanted the Jets to um, to trade up mm-hmm. to get uh, Reggie Bush or Vince Young. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought, hey, what the hell? Maybe this uh, Tannenbaum, uh, you know, he's got a Baum at the end of his name. He might be... <laughs> He could be a fan.
0: Mishbuka is what he, you're saying. He could
2: be. He could be a fan. Uh-huh. There's a there's a good chance. Uh-huh. So I, I told my assistant, "Just try this. I have a crazy idea. I want to talk to the general manager of the Jets, and she you got him on the phone. And uh, he, he he took the call. He got on the phone. Of course. And uh, we started talking. And uh, he told me in, in no uncertain terms that it was not going to happen. <laughs>
0: Did he let you down easy, Larry, at least? Yeah,
2: no, it was very sweet, very nice. Invited me to a training camp and all that. And and I went to a game last year, and I I met him and Woody Johnson, and uh, had a great time. Although they lost that game.
0: Which game was that? It was the
2: Buffalo game.
0: Yeah, they always have trouble with the Buffalo Bills.
2: Uh, always.
0: Then they got they got them next week. They're yes, in. I know. Always. They're at Buffalo next week, and I because I know Tannenbaum's a fan of yours because I was mentioning uh, your show to him at a combine a couple of years ago, and his eyes lit up. He's the one who told me that that he that you called him, and and uh, Mangini, who was right there, you know, who who hardly ever says a word sometimes uh he he lit up too and i remember we we brought the two of them into your uh edit bay they they,
2: they came into they came to la a few years ago Mm -hmm. um to say hello and i brought them
0: upstairs to watch a show and uh they were they were very entertained by it they they enjoyed it they big time and i think you should get rex on one of your shows during the off season at some point i think that would be that would be a good fit not far be it for me to tell you what to do with your your great program but i think rex would be good don't you think
2: um, I don't know exactly where he would fit in. You don't think so? But You never know. You never know who you could use.
0: Well, at, you used headband. McEnroe. You used McEnroe a couple of seasons ago. Right. That's true. That's true. Well, he well, he fit into a specific uh, niche. Where you, you you drove him around, if I'm not mistaken, as as his uh, chauffeur? His... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so many people want to know how much of Curb is ad libbed. Can you put a percentage on that?
2: Probably um, eighty to ninety percent.
0: That's amazing. That's fantastic. I mean, and 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 the. I would I- say ninety percent. The idea behind that w- is what? You think you get better stuff because it's just off the top of the head of you and the rest of the the actors? Yeah, the it makes it seem like it's really
2: happening, and it, because it is in a way. Mm -hmm. And also, you you notice that um, one of the things it does is that it allows people to actually laugh. (laughs) Because laughing, when you watch movies and television shows, you can notice that not that many people really laugh. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because everybody's saying clever things all the time. So what what this does is that you're surprised by what people say. And so you can actually laugh at it.
0: Who makes you laugh the most on that show?
2: Oh, um, boy, that's a tough one. Probably.
0: Is it is it J B. Smooth? Because he makes me laugh.
2: Yeah, it's Leon. Yeah, Leon really <laughs> makes me laugh a lot.
0: <laughs> He's pretty funny.
2: Yeah, we we have. Uh, is he
0: back for season eight? He will be back. Thank you. Thank goodness for that. That's fantastic. Is there any other hints you can give us for season? I know you're shooting in New York. I know that's out in the open. We
2: shot uh, five shows in New York.
0: How was that for you?
2: That was so much fun. And it's really amazing the difference uh, between shooting in New York and L.A.
0: What's the differences?
2: Well, you know, when you shoot a scene in L.A., if we're we're outside somewhere, a few people might walk by and just, Kind of go, what's that?
0: Oh, Kirby,
2: do that. And they'll walk on. Like, you no, know, we at all. Right. In New York, there are throngs of people watching the scene. It's crazy.
0: I think because you, you uh, obviously, you've never shot there before, right? It's always been shot. in right, Los Angeles. never shot there. right? So that's a new thing. And secondly, just the, the, the angst that the show uh, always has twisting around it i think just hits the nail right on the new york head yes it definitely appeals to new york no question about it <laughs> you know i mean the fact that uh you know it seems that most of the people on the show are, are transplants in real life right wouldn't you would would that be correct yeah although la if you think about it is is an underrated angst ridden place so many people think that we're laid back out here but there's a lot of angst here on the i mean i i get flipped off on the road here more than i do in new york city maybe yeah. that's my driving am i you you feel differently
2: um. No, I think generally when I drove in New York, yeah, I think I got in more flights.
0: <laughs> no kidding.
2: Oh. Yeah, I know. I, I I think I screamed every time I got in the car.
0: <laughs> but out here in your Prius, you're just a little bit more chill. Is that what? Well, you're...
2: you know what? Mm-hmm. Because because not as many people break the rules here. Mm-hmm. So you're more inclined to not go wide on the left turn. Uh-huh. So you'll you'll get in the line. hmm Whereas in New York, you don't have to get in the line. Nobody
0: never. gets in the line. Never. Uh, it's amazing how people just line up comfortably here yes. to to, ex- to exit places. I know. That never happens in New York. You're right.
2: I mean, what I do here sometimes is I'll go uh, I'll go across the light mm-hmm. and then make a U-turn. <laughs>
0: I'm with you. I do the same thing. Yeah. just
2: I, I don't feel like somehow out making the wide left here. I do, it just it feels wrong. <laughs> it does I'd rather I I go across the street and make the U
0: turn. I feel like I'm I'm breaking uh some of the fine print in the social contract out here. I agree with you. I know. And that's what I love about your show, Larry, is you do mind the social contract for the fine print on on curb your enthusiasm. You obviously did it on Seinfeld as well. So I would love for you, I'm going to give you a couple of scenarios. I'd love for you to play the social judge and jury on these scenarios. Okay. Okay, here we go. Larry David, you're the social judge and jury on destination weddings. Okay? If I am schlepping to go to a destination wedding.
2: A destination wedding. Are you saying that the wedding is not in
0: town? It's not in town. I've got to go out. I've got to hop a flight. The couple, the
2: couple, live from Los Angeles, and they're having a wedding in Mexico?
0: That, is, <laughs> For instance, yes. That, okay. is hap- that has happened. Okay. That has happened. That has happened. Another one, if they live in New York, and I live in Los Angeles, but they make me schlep to Florida, say, okay? Got it. Destination wedding. Okay. All right. I go all the way to this destination wedding. Am I still required to get a gift for the bride and groom? First of all, you're not even required to go. I'm not even required to go. No, you don't even have to go to this wedding. If you have to travel,
2: if you have to travel more than an hour and a half to yeah. two hours, you, you don't have to go. These people <laughs> these people are asking way too much of you for what appears to be only a 50% chance that this <laughs> thing is going to survive more than five years.
0: So sec- second marriages at a destination wedding, forget it. That, that's just never going to happen. Never. Okay, so I'm not even re- forget about getting a gift. I'm not even required You're not even to required go. Not required to go. The gift is a bonus. So is there so is there a cutoff point? Is it an hour and a half? Is it a two-hour flight? I think is it two hours? A two-hour drive at the most. Okay, and so that means a flight's out because usually it takes a half an hour I to get to, to the airport. there
2: should be an apology in the in the invitation. <laughs> uh, we're, we're sorry. We couldn't find any other place. We really looked hard. We've done everything. This is the best we can do. If you can't come, we completely understand. If you do, thank you, but don't feel you have
0: to. <laughs> that should be written on a card. That
2: should be on the invitation.
0: Along with the directions, if you too care to actually get there. Exactly. Okay. All right, so that's the destination wedding. Here's another one. Hello at work. Okay. I'm at work. Yes, we covered this on Seinfeld. Oh, we did? Okay, great. Go ahead. Okay, hello at work. I see somebody at work. You do your first nod in the morning. Right. And then I see them 20 minutes later. I see them an hour later, two hours. Am I required every time I see this person to say hello every time? It's
2: very hard to avoid the hallway nod.
0: Yes. It's
2: very hard to
0: avoid it. (laughs) So the hallway nod every time.
2: There's nothing you can do really about the hallway nod, because if you look away, if you look straight ahead, it's it's kind of odd Mm -hmm. that you're not making eye contact. Um, What you can do is as as you're passing, go... Obligatory nod. Just
0: say it to them. Have you ever done something to avoid the obligatory nod? Act like your phone is wrong or you you, oh, you forgot something at your desk and walked away even though you didn't forget something at your desk? Have you ever done that?
2: I try to do a self-conscious obligatory nod so they
0: know that I'm nodding obligatorily. <laughs> oh, so you, basically it's it's their fault for running into you again now, in the whole.
2: Sort of, there's a little shrug in my nod, right. so that, if you can picture it. Like, I know I have to do this. Here's my nod.
0: Right. So it's a it's a half nod, half shrug.
2: Yeah, it's a half nod, but it's, it's, it's broadcasting somehow that I'm aware how silly <laughs> this nod is, because that's already said hello to you.
0: Okay. Uh, which Jeff Seinfeld episode was that? I, I don't
2: remember, but I do remember okay.
0: uh, a, a, a reference to it. Well, this last one, you, you, you touched upon it in a Curb episode with Richard Lewis, and it's the cell phone etiquette. Right. Now... The question is, I call you on your cell phone. Wait, where am I? Uh, You're in your car. I'm in my car. You've called me on my cell phone? I have.
2: And I'm in my car.
0: Uh, Yes, that is correct. And I'm on a landline. I'm landlining you to your cell phone. Okay. Okay. And the call drops. Right. The call drops. Who is required to reestablish contact? The landliner. But even because I'm the one who's who's got the why, why is that? Because I'm in the car and it's not so easy for me for for me to dial back. What do you mean it's not? Because you're you, you're
2: because I have a cell phone. You're not even you're not supposed to be texting and and making cell phone calls in the car. It's it's somewhat dangerous. And anybody who's who's not
0: in the car always has. It's always incumbent on them to be making that return call. Okay, so now I let's say I've contacted you on your cell phone. You're walking the street, so your, your hands are free. Your hands are free. I had to say Okay, go ahead. And I'm landlining you on your cell phone. Am I still even required to call you back because I was the one who cre- created the initial contact? I'm the one trying to reach you. Am I still incumbent upon calling you back even though you're the one whose cell phone crapped out? Who's the one who's supposed to call back?
2: The um, the caller.
0: The caller. Yes. Mm. You've called
2: me. You want to get in touch with me. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, I do. You, you're, you're the one who's interrupted my walk. <laughs> I'm taking a beautiful, lovely walk. You are. Something I don't do that often. <laughs> I'm admiring the scenery. You're taking in I, the air. I'm. I'm <laughs> I'm saying hello to, uh, to some
0: pedestrians. Yes, you are. Yes. You're a popular I'm, I'm man. i a
2: wonderful day. <laughs> uh, you're interrupting this, this beautiful moment I'm having.
0: Fantastic. See, these are things that happen to me all the time, and I'm, now I know uh, there's no way I'm going to a destination wedding again, and as a matter of fact, I'm upset that there's no apology inside the envelope that's inviting me to this destination you wedding. You
2: should be. And by the way, you call me anytime with any of these questions.
0: Fantastic. I love it. I, before I let you go, I do have to hit you on Seinfeld, though, Larry. Uh, what, what, what's your favorite Seinfeld episode?
2: It's, it's a tough question, but, you know, the one that always seems to rise to the surface when I'm asked that question is the uh, Keith Hernandez episode.
0: The, the, the hour-long
2: uh, Keith Hernandez show.
0: That was the, the back and to the left, the JFK right. parody. Right. The, the, the magic uh, loogie.
2: Yeah, the, the Vandelay Industries. Oh, God.
0: That's that's one of the funniest endings.
2: George, George running out of the... Yeah,
0: splayed yeah. out on the ground with his pants around his ankles. Right. And then the the, the line of, and you wanted to be my latex self. Right. right. Although my favorite ending to a Seinfeld episode could be uh, the one where uh, uh, George is the marine biologist. I knew you
2: were going to say
0: that. I was just thinking of that. Why is that? Because it's mine too. That's I. I, I mean, did he ad lib that, or was right. that all written? No, that was written. I mean, just the sea was angry, my friend. Yeah. And what was it like an old man returning soup to Delhi? Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then, and then that has the line at the end too. The kicker, the button too, is uh, from Kramer asking if the ball was a Titleist. Right, right. Because that's a great golfer. That's that's an inside gag for golfers too, because we all wonder whose ball it is. Right. That's fantastic. But So you like that ending as well, is what you're saying? I thought, I thought that was a great ending.
2: Um, there's another great ending we did, which was uh, they're, they're real and they're spectacular. Oh,
0: that is a great one, too. The Terry Hatcher ending. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's amazing. Uh, and and the, the, the yada, yada, yada episode, too, that few people realize. That's also the anti-dentite episode as well yeah although i
2: was not there for that you were not
0: there for that show no,
2: the, the, that was done
0: um Post the year, LV after, LV, I left. The year yeah. after you left and it's amazing how uh you know uh uh the tim Watley character uh brian cranston is now a three-time drama emmy award winner. right how he's done that and uh are you amazed by the popularity of that show still too larry i mean it's been 12 years since uh a fresh seinfeld episodes come out and that's not counting obviously the 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 faux, I guess, uh, right. reunion that you had on your show last year. But are you amazed by the popularity? How this is still uh, lasting? You know, I don't think
2: about it very often.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but now, that now you mentioned it. Yes. Yeah, I guess I am. But look at I Love Lucy. That's mm. that's uh, 60 years now. That
0: is true. That is true, and I guess w- I guess would would Fred Mertz be the Kramer character? Would that would that be? Kramer a, Kramer would be Fred Mertz, yeah. Or he'd,
2: he'd be um, he'd be Ed uh, Norton.
0: Ah, Ed, that's right. The yeah. way Ed, way Ed would just come and go as as, right. he, as he pleased, right? As he pleased. Larry, I really appreciate the time. I know you don't do this a lot, so um, I appreciate you uh, helping me with my my social mores and helping get my head on straight about some things. Because my wife thinks we should still send gifts to destination weddings. And I have had arguments with her about that.
2: Please, please
0: tell her what I said about this. I'm going to pass that and along. I'd be happy to talk to her. <laughs> that, would, that would definitely help. I think that would definitely help. Larry, thanks again. We appreciate it. And so when, when does season eight come out? Is it probably
2: uh, March or April?
0: Okay, terrific. As so many people, not just including myself, look forward to that. Such huge fans of the show, and obviously Seinfeld as well. And good luck to you and your Jets. Hey, thanks,
2: you. You bet,
0: you bet. Same here. That is the one and only Larry David on the Rich Eisen podcast. Uh, that was fantastic. That was fantastic. It's going to be tough to top this show, but you know what? That's why we have podcasts. That's why we've got iTunes and NFL.com. That's why we lift all these scripts here on NFL.com. It's to continue on and keep this podcast moving in a positive direction. If I used all the cliches, my favorite coaching cliché. I don't have a crystal ball. That's a good one. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know how this thing is going to keep going. I do, actually. It's going to be better next week uh, and weeks after. So I always appreciate your support by downloading this at, uh, on iTunes and also on NFL.com. My blog page, richeisen.nfl.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Rich Eisen and also on Facebook.com. Slash Rich Eisen. And uh, again, thanks to the folks at Papa John's for their sponsorship. This is another edition of the Rich Eisen podcast done, but the very first Rich Eisen podcast presented by Papa John's in the books.